Good evening, everybody. How are you? You uh, have a great Fourth of July, I hope. And I, I think you're hungry for the Lord tonight, aren't you? You want, you want God to do something in your life. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalm. And uh, we're going to go into worship in just a minute, Psalm 42. But I, I just want to talk to you about, uh, for just a few moments, maybe longer than a few moments, but just refreshing for dry hearts. That's what I've uh, entitled the message tonight. And, and, you know, one of the characters in the Bible that's, that fills up a lot of scripture, New Testament and Old, is, is King David. And David was, what are you laughing at, Jennifer? What did I do? King David was uh, 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 really described as a man after God's own heart. So he had this great heart for God. And if you look throughout scripture, there was a, there was a connection with God. There, there was a closeness with God. He wrote Psalms 40 that says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he, and he put my feet on a firm rock, and he put a song in my mouth, and and I'm going to declare his works, and many are going to come to know him because of my testimony. And, and when you read the Psalms, you see David, this guy that just seemed like he was always, or at least it appeared that he was always close to God. He always had this, this fresh walk with God. He heard the voice of God. He journaled uh, things that God was telling him and saying to him. And, and there was just a refreshing in his life, and, and I want that. I mean, I want, I want closeness with God. I don't want religion I want a relationship. I, I don't want dry, stale Christianity that, that just symbolizes or, or, or just, I want something fresh. I want to experience the Lord on a regular basis. I, I know you don't live on the mountaintop, but, but tonight I want us to experience the mountaintop. I, I want us to get close to God and experience him. And, and, and David had that. But if you look closer in David's life, there were also dry times. There were also times where he wondered, God, where are you? God, have you forsaken me? And, and one of the verses is Psalms uh, 42. I want to read it to you, and then we'll talk about it for a minute. Here's his heart, and in this your heart, I hope it's your heart, it's my heart. As the deer pants for streams of water, my soul, it longs for you, it pants for you, it hungers for you, it desires you, and that's the starting point. But there are times, my, even though my soul thirsts for God, for the living God, he, here's the question. It's a rhetorical question. Because if you know the context of this, David does not feel very close to the Lord right now as he's writing this. In Psalms 40, very close. In Psalms 42, God, where are you? Where can I go and meet with God? God, I've been to church. I've, I've had, I still have my quiet time. I'm still, but I just don't feel you. I just don't sense you. My tears have been my food day and night. I'm overwhelmed with what's going on. While people say to me all day long, well, where's your God? You got to walk with him. You're so close with him. And, then why are you looking so downcast? Why, 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 why is your countenance falling? What's wrong with you? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. Again, he's just crying out to the Lord. I used to go with the multitude. I even led them to the house of the Lord. I mean, I was the first one there when worship started up. I was, I was jumping and dancing and shouting and celebrating with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng, amongst all the people. But, but now my soul is so downcast, I don't understand it. Why, why is it so, why is my spirit in such turmoil? But here's his, here's his faith statement. But I'm going to still put my hope in God. I'm going to continue to praise him. That's what he's saying. For I will yet praise him because he's my savior and he's my God. Here, here's what I want you to know that when you go through dry times and when, you, when, when there's a spiritual dryness, and if you're not there now, and I hope you're not, but, but there's a good chance you will be eventually, and I think some of these principles will help you. This sermon was birthed out of a dry time, where I'm still going after God, but it's just like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. 
And you know what? You guys know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me like I'm not holy. or something. I'm not holy, but, but you, you guys, you know. You, you've been there. You've experienced it. So, so, so what I do, here's some, here are some, some signs that you might be in a dry place, that there's a numbness towards God's word and prayer. It's just kind of mechanical. There's no, there's no power. Again, like the psalmist, God, where are you? Why don't you answer me? It's like your prayers are bouncing off the wall. There might be a decreasing, there's a decreasing desire for the things of God. Your appetite for him has kind of grown cold. Oh, you know, it's Sunday again. I got to go to, oh, it's first Wednesday. You know, I'll go because that's what I do, but, but I really don't want to go. It's just, I, I'm just not that passionate about it. A heart that's increasingly bent towards sin. Well, if God, you're not answering me, and if I don't hear you, this other stuff feels good, and it looks good, and, and it's, it's meeting a need right now that you're apparently not trying to meet, and there's just this enticement or this drawing to sin. When you're, when you're in a state of dryness or, 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 or a spiritual dry place, you can be described with words like maybe apathetic and frustrated and isolated and distanced and confused. If you're dry, your spiritual life has become a ritual instead of a relationship. You have a form of godliness, but no power. You're going through the motions, hanging on, but have no real connection with God. If your time of the Lord is not what it once was, you might be dry. If your appetite for the things of God are decreasing, you might be dry. If your relationship with Jesus is stale and matter of fact, you might be dry. If you love God, just like, just like the psalmist said, Lord, my soul pants for you, I, I long for you, I, I desire you, but... But there's just no connection there. There's, you just don't feel his presence disconnected. You might be going through a dry time, through a desert time. And, and, and here's what I want you to know about dry times. Stay rational. Here's the first point. You might want to write it in the, in the leaf of your Bible right beside for, uh, Psalms 42. Stay rational. What do I mean by that? Just don't panic. People go through seasons. I mean, we just read David went through a dry time. It doesn't, and I'll tell you, I'll read you some scripture. It doesn't mean God's left you. It just means that. And you don't have to stay there, but it's just kind of normal. What, what causes people to go through dry seasons? Physical exhaustion. One guy told me, he said, I just, you know, my, my relationship with the Lord is just not what it is. I've, I'm working 70 hours a week, and I'm just exhausted. And my advice was to him, hey, man, don't go. You don't need an altar. You need a bed. Go to bed. Get some rest. And then go and meet with God. We're, we're connected physically, emotionally, and when one of those things are out of whack, it affects other things. Another thing that can cause it is just problems. When, when you're going through a challenge or a difficulty, uh, it, can, it, can, it can just throw you off balance. And this isn't anything new to you, but that was David's story. I mean, when he killed Goliath, he was on the mountaintop. All the girls wanted to date him. All the boys wanted to be like him. He was the hero. He was the champion. He was close to God. But then Saul gets jealous and six times tries to take his life. And for the next uh, several years, David's on the run, hiding in caves. And his song went from God, how great is our God, to where are you, God? From Lord, you're good, to Lord, how could you? Uh, From falls into a pity of self-pity and discouragement and hopelessness and becomes spiritually dry. Again, I'm I'm just encouraging you now. If you're spiritually dry, if you're placed... You know, I just don't, I just don't feel connected. Don't panic. Stay, stay rational. It, sometimes it's just a season of life. And again, you don't want to stay there. But I'm, I'm just trying to encourage you through it. You know, you know, they, you know, I, I read this. I thought it was kind of funny to kind of break up. But you know you're getting old. And I am getting old, unfortunately. I know I don't look it, but I'm getting older. 
When you're more interested, this is how I know I'm old, when you're more interested in how long your car will last instead of how fast it will go, you might be getting old. When you sit down in a rocking chair and can't get it started, you might be getting old. When you make commitments your body can't keep, when when you turn out the lights for economic reasons, not romantic reasons, you might be getting old. That's a lot funnier than you're laughing, but... Here, your knees buckle, but you won't don't, but your belt won't. Here's another good one. I, I think you look forward to an evening at home. You might be getting old, and when you stop to tie your shoelace and you ask yourself, "What else can I do when I'm down here?" You might just be getting old. And just time, some seasons in life sometimes can create some dryness. So, so what am I trying to tell you? I'm just saying, don't panic. Stay rational. God doesn't want you there. You don't have to stay there. The promise is, is you can get out, but, but, but you got to know God's not left you. The psalmist said, I can't, go to, I can't go anywhere, and the presence of God is not there. Paul said, well, what can separate me from the love of God? Can distress or disorder or chaos or pain or hurt? Nothing can separate me from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus. The Hebrews writer said, I'll never leave you or, or forsake you. So going through a dry time, stay rational. Don't panic. Don't, here's another thing, though, that, that I want you to do. Stay connected. In dry times, we like to push away. We like to push back. Well, you know, I, I, it, it's, I'm, I'm not getting a lot out of it, so I'm just not going to go. And, and I want to tell you that's a work of the enemy. If he can get you isolated and alone, he can, he can cause all kind of havoc and chaos in your life. And it's a real, it's a real struggle when, when you're going through one of these dry seasons to stay connected because you just, you just it's work. It's, it's like, you know, I was watching Discovery Channel several years ago, and, and, and there, there was some zebras that were, that were feeding out in the, in the meadow or in the field, and, and, and they had the, the lens on a big old, great big old lion, and he was standing in that, you know, the tall grass that's outside the field, and all these zebras are out there, and he's just kind of laying, checking out the scene, and, and you know, his lips are saliva, he's going, I mean, he's just hungry lion, and he's ready to, don't you like my illustration of my lion, and he's just ready to... To, to pounce and get one, but he knows if he rushes the herd, he'll get destroyed because there's strength in numbers. There's power when you're connected. I mean, they'll just stampede him, and so he looks for that one straggler, that one wonder. And when that one zebra kind of moves away from the pack, the one that maybe is a little bit longer, not listening to his mama, kind of rebellious, doing his own thing, when he strays from the pack, that's when that lion takes advantage, and he jumps on him, grabs, grabs him by the neck, and before the herd even knows it, he's, he's dead, and, 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 and the lion's eating him, and all his buddies are having a feast. you gotta, you got to stay connected to the body of Christ. you got to stay connected to other believers, other sisters and brothers that are walking with God. You, you, can't, you can't isolate. You can't, you can't get on your own. If, if you're, when you get on your own, when you disconnect from Christ and, you, and, and disconnect from the church, rather, because I'm not saying you've walked away from the Lord, but, but without a church family, without a spiritual covering, without godly leadership, without biblical accountability, you're a spiritual train wreck waiting to happen. And, and that's not my words because I want you in church, though I do want you in church. It's the word of the Lord. You know, most of the letters written in the New Testament were written to churches. The Bible says, he that is planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. There, God expects you to be, and I don't even know why I'm telling you guys this because you're here. And, and you, obviously you know the reality, but, but I'm just saying when there's dryness and when there's uh, maybe a little bit of disconnect, it's not the time to push back, it's the time to go to. It's the time to stay connected. He, here's another thing I, I want you to, 
to know is it press in through praise and worship. And again, in spiritual dry times, it's work. I mean, there's sometimes where where you go into your prayer time and it's just you just you're there. And there's other times where you know I just but but here's my encouragement: you just gotta press in. You you've gotta go after that. Jesus said that that God is looking for worshipers that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. You feel distant from God, you start worshiping, and He'll find you. There's some there's there's something about you know why because when when you're Dry seasons, they manifest grumbling and murmuring. Where are you, God? What's going on? I, I, don't, I don't like this. Maybe I shouldn't live for you. And you know what they, they manifest? Murmuring and grumbling equate to unbelief and ingratitude. And there are two, those are two things that will, that will the, create more distance between you and your relationship with Christ. But you know what praise and worship does? It, it's, a, it's an attitude of faith and gratitude. And the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When we press in through prayer, and when we can begin to thank him, well, I don't have a lot to thank him for. Yes, you do. Now, the Bible says, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, that you give thanks in everything. Lord, thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you died on a cross for me. Thank you that you've given me everything I need for life and godliness. Thank you for redeeming me and restoring me. I thank you that you never left me nor forsaken me. You just got to find things, and, and you got to begin to express them through your mouth vocally and say, God, you're a good God. Your mercy endures forever. And there's something about speaking that and praising that where God begins to saturate your heart and fill your spirit. You can't push back. You got to press in. Am I yelling at you? No, I'm sweating. I know that. Is it hot in here or is it just me? If I, I mean, I, I, in a minute, we're going to go after God and praise and worship. And this is what I don't want you to do. Dry or, or if you just feel like you're as close as God if you've ever been. Don't just sit back. Let's go after God tonight. Not for me, for you, for him, because he's worthy of our praise. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. There's no other God beside our God. And he deserves all that. He deserves our best. So, so stay rational. Hey, don't panic. There's sometimes there's season. Stay connected. Don't distance yourself from the body of Christ. Press in. Press in through praise and worship. And here, here's the last and final things. Be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. Be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. And this is what I want for us tonight. When you're dry, you need an encounter with the Spirit of God. You, you, you look at the Bible, and, and the Holy Spirit is defined with many adjectives or descriptive words. In, in, in John chapter 4, he's described as water. Remember the lady at the well where, you know, she'd been li- married five times, woman, man she was married, uh, living with now wasn't her husband, and, and they, Jesus and the woman have this dialogue. She's trying to find a dependency. She's trying to find security. She's trying to find significance in a relationship. Many of us, sometimes we try to find uh, uh, peace, joy in a relationship, in a job, in a situation. And Jesus said, hey, I want to give you some water, but it's not natural water. I want to give you some living water that will spring up from, from the bottom of your heart, that will spring up from the, from the belly of your being, and it will be refreshing, and it will be reviving. You, you know what my prayer for us tonight is? Is that the river of God fle- sweeps through this place like a, like a mighty wave, refreshing and encouraging and, 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 just, and just releasing all that he has for us. He wants to be, he wants to be a wave that, that, that crashes over us and, 
and, and, and refreshes us and renews us and revives us and changes us. The Holy Spirit is also described as fire. And, and fire represents passion. Uh, John said, I baptize with water under repentance. But he who comes after me is mightier than I. And he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You know what happens when you get dry? You lose your passion. You know what the Holy Spirit wants to do? He wants to, he wants to reignite that passion for the things of God. You don't want to live your Christian life passionless. It's no, you don't want to live your life without passion. And when I was coaching my kids basketball, the kid that I loved to coach the most was the, the guy filled with passion. The boy that would dive on the floor for a loose ball. You know what passion does? It, it's the great equalizer. It, it overcomes uh, maybe a lack of ability because there's this desire and this zeal. The Spirit of God, I think tonight, my prayer is tonight for me and for you, that he wants to baptize us with fresh fire, with a, with a new anointing, with fresh power, with, with a new passion, a new zeal, and a new fervency for the things of God. The, the Holy Spirit is also uh, described in, in God's word as, as, as breath in Ezekiel 37. Am I boring you? Can you, a few more minutes, as breath in Ezekiel 37. And, and here's the story. This prophet, this man of God, gets a vision, gets a dream. So, he, so he's took, in his dream, he's taken to this valley, and there's all these dry bones. And what God tells him, it represents the house of Israel. They're dry. They're stale. And, and you know what? If we looked at the church uh, collectively in, the, in America, it's, it's like a valley of dry bones. It's stale. It's dry. It's lost its impact. In a lot of ways, it's lost its effectiveness. It's, it's lost its, its, its agency of change and and, and Ezekiel looks over those dry bones, and God says, do you think I can awaken those? Do you think I can do something with them? And I mean, if you look at America, and I'm sure Ezekiel is saying, man, them bones are dead. They're gone. They're dried up. There's nothing to it. You might, you might look at America. You might look at, at different churches. You might look at your own heart and say, man, there's no hope for that. It's so dry. There's, there's no way it could happen. And you know what God told Ezekiel? He said, preach to them and see if they don't come back to life. And so Ezekiel starts preaching the word of God to him. I don't know what the sermon is. The sermon's not given in Exodus 30, uh, Ezekiel 37. But he just starts preaching and sharing God's word with him. And the Bible says that these bones begin to, to rise up and take form and take shape. And, and flesh comes on them. And, and ligaments begin to attach. And, and, and they become in a form of a man, but they're still dead. There's no life in them. And Ezekiel goes, okay, God, they're, they, they got this appearance of a man, but there's still not life in them. What do I do? And God says, breathe on them. And the word breathe is pneuma. It's the word for the Holy Spirit. And so what God was saying is, hey, man, I'm going to breathe my spirit on them. This is what he said. They watch as they come to life and become an exceedingly vast army. That's what God wants to do in his church today. That's what God wants to do in your life today. He wants to breathe into you the power of the Holy Spirit that you might come alive and not have a form of Christianity, but be walking in a close relationship with him. And then, and where you'll become, where we will become an exceedingly vast army full of his power and full of his presence. But it's not by might. It's not by what we can do or what we say, well, we can change the world. Our, 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 what we maybe think is our brilliance or our ideas or our, our thinking is not going to make a change. It's not by might. It's not by my power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. We need a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit to breathe upon us. You know what? One more word. One more word and I'm done. The, the word, 
the word in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is referred to as wine. Well, at least drinking. The Holy Spirit said, oh, brother, you are, a, you are just a, a servant of the Lord. <laughs> yeah, you just felt bad for me, didn't you? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like old-time preaching. What do we, wave something? Or <laughs> I think it's just so hot out there that, anyway, I, I'm, I'm serious about that. I just, you know what I want? Man, I just, I, I don't want, I don't want to just do church. I, I want to have a, I want to. I want, I want this place to be so filled with the Spirit of God that people don't want to stay away. Not because there's good preaching or there's good worship or there's good anything, but there's just a good sense of the presence of the Lord. And you know how that happens? By people that are hungry for Him. People that are going after Him. People that are saying, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. This last word, this word, this, this wine analogy. You know, in the upper room, they got all filled with the Holy Spirit and everybody said, well, they're drunk. They're outside in their mind, and, and, you know, they weren't. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you know, what, is, what does drinking do? Why, why do you drink? It gives a false, it gives a false, it, it, it's a false satisfaction. It gives you this temporary feeling of, of happiness. It's supposed to take away the pain and the hurt. You know, God doesn't want to do it temporarily. He wants to do it. He wants to, he wants to fill you with fresh wine that, that, that manifests in joy unspeakable and full of glory that has nothing to do with what you're going through or nothing to do with what you're up against, but everything to do with who you are and what God's doing in your life. You know, you know what drinking does? It gives you this false sense of peace. Now, I, I'm, I'm just going to step away from all the chaos and the confusion and the hurt and the pain, and I'm going to drink my way into peace. God says, I got to grind on my peace is not just for the moment. My peace is forever. I've got a peace that I can give you that surpasses all understanding. You're not even going to even be able to explain it or comprehend it, but I'm going to give it to you by the power of my spirit. That's what the Lord wants for us. That's what I want for you. That's what I want. That's what I want for me, for the kingdom of God. It's not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's righteousness and peace. And joy in the Holy Spirit. Here's what Paul said. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. That's a promise from God. That's a promise you can take to the bank. God tonight wants to fill you with fresh joy and fresh peace. If you'll receive it and accept it. So you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the refreshing of God's Spirit. And we need it on a regular basis. I mean, this is a sermon. This is a word I think we need to hear on it. It's just not a one-time thing. But without the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, church becomes cold. Worship becomes mechanical. Prayer becomes monotonous. The word becomes meaningless. Our faith becomes weak, and we lose our spiritual fervor and passion. And so tonight, and I have been, and I, I am praying that in just a minute that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is going to break in and, and interrupt, and he's going to cause uh, passionless, uh, dead believers to be revived, battered and worn out saints to be refreshed, bitter and ungrateful hearts to be transformed, that dry hearts will be set on fire with the things of God. Listen to me tonight. You, uh, you don't, again, I think the word... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to hear God's word, but we need a move of God's spirit. We need an outpouring of his grace and his mercy. And, and here, here's my concern. Some of us don't even know we're dry. Oh, this isn't for me. 
I'm, I'm fine. I come to church every Sunday. This is kind of out of routine. This is kind of out of some ritual. We, we've lost our first love. We've lost that zeal and that fervor. We've lost our spiritual appetite. And some of us don't even know we've lost it. And here's my prayer that God will awaken you to the reality of what he has for you. He has so much more. He wants to do so much more. He wants to have an encounter with you and touch you and help you. Some of us have settled into a rut. and We don't even know we're stuck. My greatest concern for our church is not that we sing the right songs, I preach the right sermon, or we develop the right programs, but we become stale. Here's my greatest concern is we become stale in a machine. And we just do what we do what we do. We don't allow the Spirit of God to interrupt and to take over and to fill and to refresh and to renew. Here's what we have to do. Praise team, you back. Just get we ready, Trevor, if you'll call them all out here. Tonight, corporately, we've got to acknowledge our need for God's Spirit. We need Him. We need the Spirit of God. We, we, we need a, the streams of living water to wash over, refreshing, filling us, our, our inner being. We need the fire of God to fall, to purge us of our sin and give us a passion to live for Jesus like maybe we've never had before. We need the Spirit of God to breathe on us and, and, and put a spirit within me that I can live an overcoming, victorious Christian life. I don't want a substitute. I don't don't want something filling in the gap where Jesus is supposed to be. I want a new wine that gives me real joy and perfect peace and boldness in my life. My prayer, God, let the rain of your presence fall on us tonight. Refreshing and reviving our soul as the deer pants for the water.